0: The very first leadership program we run together? No. One of them?
1: No. No. Not really.
0: Well, I have a memory of one of them. I don't know if it's the very first one, but I know where we were. So this is about, it's more than 10 years ago, maybe mm,
1: 15. 15.
0: Mm. Close to 15 years. Um, and how we had designed that program to, to basically uh, cover everything that we thought was worthwhile knowing as a foundation when it came to leadership, and how that then developed over the years to focus on, I suppose, what we then thought would be more relevant or you're sort of funneling it down to a few topics that seem to have more impact than other topics. So for example, if you say, as a first question, what's the difference between leadership and management? That's a very typical question when it comes to leadership, isn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah, and I was thinking about how we were just talking a little bit earlier about in the last few years, how we actually have moved away from that basic definition in our programs assuming that people know already what leadership is and how it's different from management, we don't really code there very much anymore. No. We don't define what we mean by foundation of leadership, like we probably did when we started this 15 years ago or so.
0: Hmm. I think a very common starting point in any dialogue I have about leadership these days, whether it's in a program or with an individual, is from the role model so who do you look up to who who inspires you as a leader mm. so it starts really with the characteristics or maybe personalities or it's just a starting point for having a conversation about what do we mean by being a leader but really a leader is somebody with followers right
1: yeah yeah so you could say that for example it's important in politicians mm-hmm. to show leadership because they lead governments and governments are responsible for millions of people, right? Mm-hmm. Well being and the uh, economy and so on. So, yeah, we, we yeah, you could say that, definitely. So, what is it? So, and the opposite is what well, is a leader without followers?
0: Well, think about an influencer without followers. Yeah, exactly. and, the, and then the next question is is an influencer, and now we're thinking about uh, all the social media influences. Are they leaders? Mm. And I guess they are. They're shaping the way people show up mm. because people follow them. If you are successful, if you're not successful, you don't have any followers, then you're very soon going to be out on the loop.
1: Mm. So does a leader, let's focus a little bit more on, on business or on companies. Does a leader need to have direct reports, people reporting to them? Do they need to lead directly teams or people or departments or business units?
0: Out of my clients, they seem to think it's easier to be a leader if you have a team. It's like it's easier to have a budget that you are, you can independently make decisions around. Mm. So you have have resources, you have a capacity, you make the decisions. So this is what I hear. And I disagree with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because that's more management. Yes. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, I've had a, I've got a few clients right now who are sort of in that, having founded a co-founder of the company and one of the other co-founders might be CEO and they are thinking of, you know, they were the original big idea person and they, they understand the, the tech that made that big idea. Uh, that executed that big idea. And at some point, just, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of people and they are thinking of making a a side move towards not being responsible for people, not being a CXO that leads the department, but being responsible for strategy or for innovation or for something that gets them to really do what they do best, which is think and explore the future and without all that stuff, I think they are really important in leadership, but they're not necessarily managing any people or departments. So and for manager. me, that's one of the big um, distinctions between leadership and management. So it, it, a leader can also be somebody that is purely a you know a, a uh, individual contributor in a in a company. You can still be a leader.
0: And think about all the product managers out there when it comes to. Leadership. One one way of looking at it, the way I see it, is that product leaders or product managers' responsibility, main responsibility, is the project. Mm. A leader is focusing on developing people and other leaders.
1: Mm.
0: So it's a different intention, different focus.
1: Yeah. So what are the what are the main elements then of leadership?
0: Are you thinking about a toolbox?
1: Or- <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is the, you know, what is the toolbox that we would send somebody away with? If if you needed to develop your leadership, what would that be around? I mean, over the years, I think this is what we have fine-tuned, right? So um, I think there's a combination of techniques, but also of attitudes or how you sort of self-regulate is probably the, the best way, how you mm. sort of turn up, mm. right? Mm. So over the years, I think we always had the number one as presence. To being present so to really be fully there connected to whatever is happening in that precise moment and to be able to be there you have to be present in yourself so basically your mind needs to be in the same place as your body hmm.
1: yeah so your mind is in the here and now rather than exploring something that happened in the past or imagining something that might be happening in the future
0: Mm. And to be really good at listening, you need to be present because otherwise you're already thinking about what to say yourself or you're thinking about the next question or you're thinking about the solution or perhaps you even considering how to justify your your, uh, presence in that meeting as in why you should be there as you're Mm -hmm. thinking about a more political agenda.
1: Yeah. And so presence is a leadership characteristic that we would always put at number one and one way of training presence would be through mindfulness exercises for example
0: yeah and and if anybody doubts why it's so important i think you can look at your relationships and your connections if you want to have really authentic and deep relationships being present in the meetings and the quality of the meetings when you are present it's just um significantly higher Mm -hmm. What else?
1: Yeah, number two would be coming to life and and work with a mindset of curiosity, with a willingness to learn, and to prioritize learning uh, on a day to day basis. To be a lifelong learner, I think, uh, is an important leadership characteristic. So this comes with, you know, for example, when you read a book, nonfiction book. How do you ensure that you pick up mo- the most important things from that so that you take it with you and apply it? How do you reflect on life? And and how do you journal about life? And you know how do you debrief review experiences at work? What went well? What didn't go so well? So that you can apply what you learned and maybe do something differently the next time. These type of things are really important. So our number two is probably learning as a leadership characteristic
0: and, yeah. and another word for that that i've heard being used is like having a growth mindset yeah. so to truly encourage mistakes and learning from mistakes which takes a lot of courage so if you have a fear-based culture and this is very hard to implement mm. so you can see the link to culture and creating psychological safety is probably what we would include here and other one that i think is really interesting is learning from uh, places where traditionally we didn't expect to so for example senior experienced people learning from junior mm. and new people yes
1: what i was thinking about exactly when you said that yeah yeah and so one of my clients was saying that he ceo uh he has meetings with you know junior like interns the most junior people in the company or people that have been there only a few years and he approaches that not from the point of view interview the leader, or I mentor these people, but the other way around. And it generally ends up somewhere in the middle, so they learn from each other, which is brilliant, I think, and beautiful. Mm. So one, one aspect to learning is learning enemies, which actually was the very first episode of our podcast way, way, way back, the one on learning enemies. And understanding your learning en- enemies is important for that characteristic of learning, but it's also an aspect of the third Characteristic for Mm -hmm. leadership, which is self-awareness.
0: It's a massive topic, self-awareness. You know that could be split into lots of different topics in its own right. But I think, yeah, self-awareness for sure.
1: Yeah. So understanding, for example, you're learning enemies. So what what gets in the way for you individually? What gets in the way of your learning at work or in life? Is one aspect of self-awareness. Another one we might talk, where we have talked about in this podcast, is personality understanding your own personality, I'm an introvert, extrovert, what's my level of conscientiousness, whatever, right? All these different aspects. It's really important to understand so that you can take that further in your leadership.
0: And it's about understanding and appreciating the beauty or the um, the richness in having different personalities. Yes. So rather than seeing the frustration where there are frictions between different personalities seeing that that friction is actually good in the business environment, because that's, that's part of diversity. Yeah. What we want it's just that it's costing a little bit of energy. Mm. Um,
1: so yeah. appreciating the beauty and differences in personality, for example, requires self-awareness and to be, to be okay with healthy conflict and not see it as something that we need to move away from requires self-awareness.
0: Mm. Um, let's just move on i mean we can stop there but let's just move on a bit they're all connected somehow looking at culture and values as a topping in its own right so culture being you could say accumulated personal values so anybody forming a group or a team brings their personal values with them and when people come together in that group or team accumulated values then becomes the culture this is how we do things here
1: yeah. So that becomes a team culture and then you add a bunch of teams together in an organization then you have an organizational culture and you put lots of organizations together in a country and you have a country culture and so on yeah mm-hmm. so
0: yeah and sometimes i've heard uh people saying oh you know we're swedish we don't have a very strong culture in sweden <laughs> but, and i think the but I think it's a very interesting comment because that could also apply to a group or to a company, and you know, we don't have a very strong culture. but to I think what we would then say is a culture is there. It's of how conscious are people about what that culture is, how spelled out is it? And yeah. there might be a big gap between whatever brochure you have saying these are a corporate mantra or you know the the, the corporate culture words. Uh, as opposed to what is actually really happening, there might be a gap in between.
1: Yeah. yeah, so two things come up. One is that self-awareness can also include cultural awareness. And it's much easier to understand what a Swede is like when you have lived outside Sweden for a while, or what a Dutchman's like when you've lived outside the Netherlands for a while, than if you've always lived in that country. Because like a fish in water... Take a fish out of water and all of a sudden it will understand what water is. Before that, it doesn't. So' there's, that's um, I think that's really important that part of that awareness, that self-awareness is also the awareness of what does it mean to be you know a nationality or from a city or in this organization in this in this uh, in this company. And the other thing I, I, I was thinking about is some, you often hear people saying companies, yeah, 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 but we are very different, so if we need something very specific. So we are very special in that respect, and I have never heard a com- company not say that. <laughs> so all companies say that they are special, they are different, and therefore they need something very special. But that's so interesting I think because they all human, say the same.
0: It's a human need. We yeah. all want to feel unique. Yeah, we're yeah. not, we're not, you know, replaceable. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 But um, coming back to um you know the personal values thinking about them as your inner compass so it's it's a way using your values as a decision making tool is the idea behind culture as well so the stronger the culture the less policies and detailed guides you need for people to to follow because if you have very strong agreed culture uh, and values as a company that is the decision making
1: tool Mm. so uh So we move on to another one? So there's this whole area of of well-being, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. There's, There's something here about personal sustainability, having a sustainable life, which relates to physical well-being, health, fitness, sleep, nutrition, mental well-being, happiness, emotional well-being, Spiritual well being, energetic well being, all these type of things. So it's really about the person that the leader is. So, a personal well being for leader, why is that so important for leadership? Because two reasons. One, a happy leader will last longer. And also, a happy leader will role model happiness to the rest of the organization. So, if you have a bunch of happy leaders running an organization, there's a high likelihood that the people that work in that organization are also happier and therefore more productive, right? More successful at their work. So well-being assumes that if we are happy at work, we produce better, we are more successful, we do better jobs. And I think it's uh, another key one. So leaders, it's almost more important for leaders that lead to a whole bunch of other people, because they, in a way, they, they role modeled that happiness, that well-being, that fitness, whatever it might be, to all these other people too.
0: Within well-being, I would also put purpose. Hmm. So living a purpose for life. So having a purpose with your yeah. life and knowing what that purpose is, which can, hmm. you know, it's a daunting question if you ask it like that, but there are ways of breaking that down into hmm. to, to smaller, more, digestible pieces uh, and as a leader at work is the purpose of a organization, a company, a group and be able to communicate that in a way so that others can resonate with it. So it's actually it, it, well-being. Sometimes it sounds like, well, let's take everybody to a spa and that's our well-being day. But no, we're talking about much bigger agenda for the well-being, making it meaningful to come to work. Yeah. I think um, the the next two we have, motivation and coaching, or actually the next three, motivation, coaching, and feedback, but let's stay with motivation and coaching first, are probably the tools that people would think about most when we say leadership tools. Because this is really about techniques of doing a daily sort of... um, Showing up as a leader, you would be expected to come and inspire and motivate. You would be expected to coach teams or individuals. You would be expected to give and and receive feedback. Yeah. Well, let's stay a little bit more on.
1: Well, motivation this. actually it, it relates very nicely to what you talked about just before that, which was purpose. So, if you, first of all, as a leader, know what your organization's purpose is. So, what's its mission and its vision and its sort of, you know, future idea of what it wants to achieve and there's some kind of good way to communicate that then people will find purpose to their own job that they do in that organization and that, right we know to have a purposeful job which is really defined as something a bit bigger than what you get out of it yourself it's about something else something bigger then, if you know what that purpose is, then you will be generally much more motivated at work. So that's one aspect of motivation that actually relates very much to that higher purpose as well, which is more about spiritual well-being. So there's a nice connection between those two.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think the um, the coaching approach, I think it, it starts with a belief that coaching is the way to lead. I think that's really where it starts and. Just to go back with what do we mean by coaching? Well, there is a strong belief in coaching that you believe in the potential of the individual. That the there's an intrinsic motivation that you, as a coach, can help people tap into. That a lot of the knowledge and experience actually is within the person already. It just needs to be applied in a in a situation. Um, having said that, of course, there's some kind of you can you can also be a bit of a mentor as part of being a coach, or you can help people by sharing your experiences and knowledge, but to really be with people and show the belief in that they can, they can do this and support them in a situational way is what we would talk about. So look at people or team members or employees in the situation they're in and be the best challenger and supporter and coach in that situation.
1: So, what do you want to say about feedback?
0: I think it's the easiest topic to describe theoretically and the one of the hardest to apply yeah, exactly. in practice. Yeah. Why is it hard to, to apply in practice is probably the key.
1: Why is it hard to apply? Why is it hard to apply? We both know that people so when why do we say that? Because we, we do run into quite often into situations where we might have been. With a team, say an executive team, a few months ago, and we have given them an opportunity to give feedback to each other, and mm-hmm. then we say, okay, so no, continue doing this. You know, maybe once every couple of weeks or so, just have a have a one-on-one and just tell each other what went well and not so well, especially if you work closely together. And then we see them three months later, and they haven't done that. And it's the same in leadership programs and same in coaching sessions. It's just the overriding. Um, impression we're getting is that feedback doesn't really happen a lot in real life and we think it's so important Mm. and it's, as you say, it's so easy to describe how to do it and what to do what not to do, right, Mm. that's the easy part so why is it not happening it's probably a little there's a bit of a a, a barrier to go off to tell somebody that they could do something better if they would do this or if they would do that I think when we say feedback is not given i think we also mean positive feedback like job well done but that's probably done a bit more certainly in some organizations than the you know if you do this differently then this would be the, the positive impact of that mm-hmm. so it's partly it's just if you do this a few times you start to realize it's not actually that hard you need to catch yourself over that. that that emotional sort of resistance to giving feedback.
0: I think it's like a, a routine that then becomes a habit. So just hold yourself accountable or as a management team or as a team of leaders, you hold each other accountable to receiving and giving feedback. And it starts with yourself.
1: So we have talked about a whole bunch of leadership characteristics, leadership tools and we this is what number 47 48 episodes i don't know but it's it's we're we're quite a bit several several years in in doing this um this podcast and i think we have talked about things that are almost all covered in other uh episodes so I was sort of thinking when we were talking, it's like, yeah, and I, I could have made reference each time. There's a separate episode. There's a separate episode. There's a separate... So I thought, well, I won't do that. I'll just do it now at the end. For all these topics that we talked about, there are, or almost all, there are separate um, episodes.
0: So presence, learning and reflection, self-awareness, culture and values, well-being motivation and coaching and finally feedback so sacred seven huh